Good morning. Good to see each one of you here today, and thank you so much for coming, and we pray that um, you are touched by the Spirit as God leads. And I, I tell you, as a pastor, there are two things that you love to see. First and foremost, when somebody comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And number two, babies dedicated. I love to see when babies are dedicated. I'm going to tell you why. Because that is our future. And it touches my heart greatly to know that parents are concerned about their child and to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And this morning we have a very special dedication. Uh, Patrick, if you and Tess would come forward. He was sleeping so good, I'll try not to wake him. He's awake now. I'm sorry, buddy. You know, it's, it's just a great honor and privilege to be here. You know, children are a gift from God. And we have been entrusted with them for a brief time. And they are created in His image. And, and, and they're on loan. God has placed them in our care to raise and to point them to the great Creator and His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Dedication does not save you. But what it does is that we pray and hope that through God's grace and mercy that William here will come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So Patrick and Tess, do you dedicate William to the Lord who gave him to you? Do you promise to raise him up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? Do you promise to provide, encourage, and minister to his physical and spiritual needs? Do you promise to the best of your ability to walk as an example in Christ? Do you promise to pray that by God's grace, William will trust in Christ as his Lord and Savior? If you will, say I will. Grandparents and Family, would you stand up, please? Put everybody on the spot this morning. <laughs> Do you promise to help the parents raise William up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord? Do you promise to help the parents by encouraging them, praying for them, and by walking as an example of Christ with them? Do you promise to pray that by God's grace, William will trust in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If you will, will you say, I will? Congregation, would you please stand? Do you promise to pray for William and pledge to help these parents keep these promises? Do you promise to pray that by God's grace, William will trust in Christ as his Lord and Savior? If you will, say, I will. You see, Scripture instructs us very clearly. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontals on your forehead. As God give the commandments to teach the laws to the children, God is also, through Jesus Christ, 
has promised us a Savior which we must talk about. And I believe the seed of Christ is planted in the home. And there is no greater place to hear the Word of God than in a Christian household. Uh, Patrick and, and Tess, thank you so much for this. We pray for you. We love you. And William, you are a beautiful baby boy. And I'd like to... He smiled. Be the only child that's ever smiled at me. This certifies it. William Allen Roth was dedicated to God at Living Way Community Church on the fifth day of February in the year of our Lord, 2023, Pastor Chad Howard. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Let's give them a round of applause for... We're, we're not celebrating them, we're celebrating Jesus. Amen? You may be seated. God bless. Y'all may be seated. That's my happy spot when I cannot make a baby cry, so that's good. I thank you so much for being here this morning. And to be quite honest with you, as I told uh, Patrick and Tess, that the sermon today coincided or just, just ran right into this baby dedication. I don't believe, I don't say coincided, I don't believe in coincidence, I believe in the sovereignty of God. But what I will say is it just ran right ahead. And when I was sitting there looking at Scripture, looking at the baby dedication, I went, wow. Because what I would like to share with you today, as parents and family that are here today uh, with Patrick and Tess, and for you that have children, regardless if you have small children or large children, they will always be your babies and you will always be their parents. And I want you to understand that this, that God has given us the ability through His Word to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and it must begin in the home. When I was, in 1993, I had a good friend of mine who was getting married, and he asked me to sing a song at his wedding. Believe it or not, I used to do that a long time ago. And I told him I would, and I had never heard this song until then. And he said, I really love this song, and I really want it to be the hallmark of, of our lives. And I said, okay. And take into consideration, I was not a believer at this time. But I agreed to sing the song. And the song was by a man named Stephen Green. And the song was, All Who Come Behind Us Find Us Faithful. And one of the lyrics says this, or the chorus. And may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave... Lead them to believe, and the lives that we live inspire them to obey. May all who come behind us find us faithful. That is based off Hebrews chapter 1, if you will. That every one of us should live lives in a legacy that reflects Jesus Christ. If you have any Bible, I have your Bibles with you. I ask that you turn with me to 2 Timothy, and we're going to look at two scriptures this morning. 2 Timothy. If you do not have your Bibles, you can stand with me. We're going to read 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. Then we'll go to 2 Timothy uh, 3, 1 through 17. Everybody, please stand, as some of you are already doing, as we stand in honor of God's Word. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, 
Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and our Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as a constant reminder you in my prayers night and day. Longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. Now hold that as we go to chapter 3. But realize this. Now I'd have to go through all this in context and I want you to see where we're going on this path this morning. That in the last days difficult times will come. Amen? For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households, and they captivate weak women weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected in regard of faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus's and Jambres' folly was also. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and prefer- uh, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra. The persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now I could stop right there. But I'm not. Listen. This plays a part in this. Please listen. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be, not maybe, will be persecuted. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, listen, Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. For all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, I pray that your words be spoken, not the words of Chad Howard, but the words of you. That, Lord, we would be lifted, we would be convicted, we would be transformed by the only thing that can transform us, and that's your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and thank you. And all God's people said, Amen. If you could go back to the first slide, please. Now, Chad, you read a couple of passages for us. Where are we making the connection? You see, Paul wrote the book of of Timothy. It's a prison epistle. 
Paul is on the last leg of his life. He is about to die for his faith. You see, Timothy was like a son to him. Now, understanding that Timothy went on Paul with two journeys, his second and third missionary journeys. Timothy, according to the book of Acts, was raised to a Jewish mother and to a Greek father. So he had not been circumcised. He did not hold, his father did not hold to the Jewish tradition. So he was what we'd call a mixed relationship, if you will. But he was taught the word of God by his grandmother and his mother. The word of God. As Paul came in, if you will, Paul built on the foundation that was started at home. And Timothy, as a young man, would accompany Paul, become the pastor of the church of Ephesus, and share the word of God in a mighty, mighty way. Now, I want you to understand something through this. I don't believe, like I said this morning, that it is coincidence that this message ties right in with our All in the Family series at the day of baby dedication. Because I believe God has a purpose and a plan. And I believe that we're all meant to be here for a reason. I often say when one finger is pointed out at the congregation, a sack full are pointed back at me. For I am not above or below anybody. We all put our britches on the same. We all serve a God who will hold us accountable. And there is no greater word to stand on than the foundation of Jesus Christ. But I want you to look at this as I go through this. I want to give you a couple of things. I'm going to give you four things, but I want to go through these scriptures. And I want you to read with me, not out loud, but listen to me. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life in Christ, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to what he says. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I am sure that is in you as well. Brothers and sisters, never underestimate the power of a godly influence at home. This is very critical. You see, Eunice and Lois, Eunice married a Greek man. But it did not keep her from sharing the word of God with her son. I believe, point number one, listen, that the seed is planted in the home the seed that is planted in the home has the greatest opportunity to be strong-rooted. The seed that is planted in the home has the greatest opportunity to be strong-rooted. Now, Proverbs tells us that if we train up a child in which he should go, he will not depart from it. But we have talked about some still do. But let me understand whether a child is prodigal, whether they may be in any situation, when you start with a child sharing the Word of God, it has been planted in the heart. And it's something that they won't forget. As we said for William this morning, may we, by God's grace and mercy, trust in faith that God will bring him to a saving relationship with him. It starts in the home. And you cannot underestimate the power of a godly influence. I will share with you many times one of the greatest men I ever knew in my life was my grandfather. 
And my grandfather, he died when I was 18 years old. And I was not saved at that time. I wouldn't get saved 12 years later, well, about 10 years later. But the amazing thing about this is by his actions at home, I saw what it meant to walk in Christ. Now listen, he was a praying man. He read the Word of God. He tucked me in at night when I was small. He prayed before every meal. He shared the Word of God with others. In that was reminded upon me he lived the life that he was called to live. You never understand nor see something. Let me, let me put it to you this way. Kids regurgitate everything. Okay? Some of you know this all too well. That they repeat what they see, well, they repeat what they hear. Remember, your kids are always watching. But isn't it amazing that even Paul seen the sincere faith of his mother and grandmother to know that what Timothy taught was an example in the Word of God? It's generational. I had a grandfather that taught me the Word of God. Did I hear it? Did I heed to it? No. But since I have become a believer in Jesus Christ, that seed that is planted in me, God in His great Mercy and grace, he made it grow. You see, I want you to understand that we used to say this in church planting, that I was a church planter, I was a North American missionary for a while, and the thing about it is, is we all love to go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 3, and we talk about Paul where he planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God's the one that made it grow. You see, we had this saying, that not only does somebody plant the seed, somebody's got to till the soul. God has called us for a purpose. And every one of us have a purpose to serve him for his glory. And in the home, I honestly believe that that toil is, that seed is tilled and it is planted. The church is not the primary place to share the gospel or share the encouragement of the Lord. We'll say, well, yeah, we, we, we need to go to church Church of the people, absolutely. We need to be in fellowship, but let me tell you something. The Word of God begins in the house because that's what God said. Teach it to your children. Yes, we come here to worship and we come here to celebrate and bring glory to God to the best of our ability. We try to glorify Him in everything. He is to be glorified. He is worthy of all honor and praise, but He's worthy of all honor and praise in the house. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You see, Paul wrote this right off the bat because I want you to understand he is giving credit to Timothy because that seed was planted in the house. And I want you to understand too. Now I'm going to throw this little side note out there. That seed that was planted was not the New Testament. It was the Old Testament which pointed to Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. Look what he says. But realize this. This is skipping to three. That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful. And he goes through all these. Now let's go through them. Now see if this don't cover everybody. Lovers of self. That's number. Look. 
If you love yourself, that's why the rest of them are listed, because that starts first. You ever thought about that? The great narcissist. Narcissist. I am so great. Never will forget a movie came out about Jerry Lee Lewis. He took How Great They Art, and he changed it in this movie. He goes, How Great I Am, How Great I Am. I cannot find the hymn. It says, to me, be the glory, great things I have done. Men will be lovers of self and lovers of money. You think? It's creeping into our bodies, people. It's creeping into our household and it's creeping into these places we call church. Let me tell you something. You can love Christ or you can love things. You can't love both. Listen. Chad, now wait a minute. What do you mean? Because if Christ is first, the world is second, or either the world is first and Christ is second. But because if you love things more than you love Christ, there's a problem. You can't love the world and love Christ at the same time. For men will be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, Wow. You think? Ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips. Those are the people that if they tied their hands and lips together, they'd beat themselves to death. Without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, hedonist. holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. You hear that? Avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into the households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning to never able to come to the knowledge of truth. But as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth, being of depraved mind, rejected in regard of faith. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janice and Jambres' folly was also. Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and perseverance, persecutions and sufferings. Listen. Number two. Listen. The power of a godly influence shaped lives. Listen. To press toward a relationship with Christ. The, God, the power of a godly influence that shape lives. And they pressed them toward a relationship with Christ. When Paul gives him these things about these men, by starting early in the home and sharing the God, you are shaped to know how to prepare these things. I want you to think about this. So many times parents today try to shield their children from the world. And to be quite honest with you, there's some junk you need to turn off TV. There'll be things that we shouldn't do, absolutely. But the world is real and lost people act like lost people. But I can promise you this. If you raise your children in fear and admonition of the Lord and you plant that seed in their lives, you begin to shape them on how to be prepared for such. The world is filthy. That's what we've been going through. The Song of Solomon 
And we've been talking about intimacy in the marriage. We've been talking about that intimate relationships are a beautiful thing because the world has perverted it. But it's not my job to teach your children about that. It's yours. It's yours. Because when you shape lives in your household, you are preparing the future generation. Yes, not everybody will hold to it, but that seed will be planted. I can promise you that. It's a foundation. When you start with a foundation of Christ, we got to put our faith and trust that what's going to be built on it is going to be the Word of God. It continues to grow and continues to build because the foundation has been poured. These people that he is talking about, Timothy is now the pastor of church in Ephesus, and these people have things coming into households that are creeping in the church, but the foundation, the Word of God that he learned at home was built upon by Paul to strengthen him to be prepared for such. Think about this. Just like my grandfather, the things he implanted on me, by God's great mercy and grace, somebody came alongside to me and shared the gospel. I got saved and they began to build on that foundation. And Jesus started working on that building. Grandparents, parents, please, start in the home. Please. You teach your children about intimacy. You teach your children right and wrong. And please don't ever be the one that says, do as I say and not as I do. Because people see that example. Because I said so is enough, parents. But never live hypocritical because the thing that you want regurgitated by shaping that life is regurgitating the Word of God, not regurgitating the Word of the world. Look what he says. Now you followed my teaching. Conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and perseverance. Persecutions and sufferings. Such as what happened to me in Antioch and Iconium. And at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus, will be persecuted. Number three, the power of a godly influence prepares lives. Not only does it shape them and mold them, but it prepares them. Listen. I am glad that when I become a Christian, I had people surround me that said, Chad, it's not going to be easy. You're not going to go to the church and give all your money and be driving a Maserati the next day. It's not about, hey God, what can you do for me? A changed heart is that person that reached up and said, God, you give me what I don't deserve, and God, how can I glorify you? Because I heard the great Adrian Rogers say that we all should take note of this. When we prepare lives, we need to prepare lives and we need to prepare children by saying this. When you're going through that trial and tribulation, you shouldn't go, why God am I going through this? That's not your question. Your question would be, how God am I going to use this for your glory? How am I going to use this for your glory? He prepared him that we live in a wicked world. 
And you may be the only Jesus that people see. But when we plant the seed and the foundation in Jesus Christ, that seed is embedded. And through God's grace and mercy, it grows. And as we are surrounded by saints, those blossoms begin to bud and the sprouts begin to grow out that no matter what we walk through, no matter what we go through, God will sustain us and we'll have an understanding that regardless of the outcome... He will never leave us or forsake us. That ought to give you encouragement, people. That the same Jesus Christ that saved us, by His Holy Spirit, He sustains us. I'm telling you now, prepare your children that they won't be everything that you want them to be. But they can be anything that God wants them to be. They will go through problems you will too. And they'll see you ask why instead of how. And we will all have struggles. And I'm not saying, I don't know, the Bible never records much about Eunice and Lois, only what we see. But what we do know is there's such a reflection of a foundation built that Paul talks about it that has moved nations. The testimony went on. And I'm going to tell you, and please listen to me, we have to tell our children and our co-laborers in Christ and encouragement that bad things happen to all people. Like the coach said, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But they're not. Things happen. And if we're prepared to say it's not about the outcome, it's about how I can glorify God through it, we'll have a different perspective of life. We are praying, and I had the privilege and honor to sit beside a lady last night who's very sick. And she's close to home. And the greatest words I've heard in this week is she says, I am at peace and ready to be with Jesus. Listen, listen to me, please. Every parent, every person in, the, in this that calls himself believers, that should be your goal that when you share the good news with Jesus Christ with somebody, it's not up to you to save them because you can't. But in hopes that you will hear, I'm at peace. I'm ready to be with the Lord. There's nothing greater. As I've often said many times, that that you own, somebody else will. Do not teach your kids materialism because somebody will take it away. Do not teach your kids that you will be wealthy all your life. You may not be. Do not teach your kids you will be healthy all your life because you may not be. But you teach your children that God is forever, has always been, will always be, and there is those, there is forgiveness for those who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and to know that when we leave this world there's a greater peace than anybody can ever have and it's the peace to know that if I take my last breath on earth that I'll spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That's what you teach your children. I told you baby dedications get me wound up. Number four. The power of a godly influence can change others' lives. Let me tell you something. This is beautiful. 
He says, evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, listen, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Do you hear that? He's talking about the Old Testament. I've had people say, Chad, man, the Old Testament is not reveling anymore. Then you don't know Jesus. And you know amen's on that one. This is the Word of God from Genesis to the maps. You hear me? It hadn't been done away with. It's being given by God to us to show us Jesus. And I can promise you that foundation that was put in Timothy came from the Scriptures that pointed to He who did not cover sin but removed it and His name is Jesus Christ. You have been taught this. And all Scripture is inspired by God. Profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Timothy went out, and by God's grace, the world was turned upside down. I want you to listen to this. Have you ever thought about the disciples as well and these old church forefathers? They didn't have internet. They didn't have telephone. They didn't have face gossip. And they turned the world upside down. And they were prepared because you will go into a cruel world. You see, back up another text. I want to clear this up. I skipped this and I want to get this up. Back up one more. You see what's happened when he says there's evil people that come in. He makes an interesting reference to this. He says, Genesis and Jambres. And I'm sure when you read this, you went, who in the world is that? Well, it's recorded in the Talmud. But what he is referring to here is the magicians who opposed Moses. I want to bring this out. You hear this? They were powerful too. They were evil. They copied what Moses did. They opposed the truth they're men of depraved mind and rejected regard of their faith. But they will not make further progress for their folly will be obvious to all. Because a man was prepared to take on people like Janus and Jabris. Listen to me. The power of a godly influence changes lives. I've shared this story before, but I want you to listen to me good. Please never under, underestimate the power of a godly influence. You never know this side of heaven what impact you have on somebody's life. Your child may be older and does not know Christ. Never give up. Never, ever give up. You see again, the lady I was talking about earlier, that I had the privilege of baptizing her when she was in her 80s. Listen to me. One example that sets to your children. Because you are never, 
never so far away that God can't grab a hold of that heart. Young and old need Jesus. And I can promise you, you may have a child that is far away as they can be. They may not know Christ. They may be prodigal. They may be struggling in life to find themselves. And they are struggling in this wicked world that God has given us to live in for a portion of time. But never also underestimate the power of God's grace and mercy. Because please understand that the seed you plant now, it may get a little bit of water on it, may get a little bit of sunshine for seven or eight years, may get all mired up in the clay. But one thing I've learned about seeds is something's got to die for it to live. You keep praying. As we pray for this young boy who was dedicated this morning, I want you to know that we can pray for any single human being here. I don't care how old your child is. We here at Living Way take dedication serious. We take people's lives serious. Because we built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And to understand this, I am a shepherd. I do not reproduce sheep. Sheep reproduce sheep. I am to give instruction. And we're to sharpen one another and make disciples, whether they're two months, one month, or whether they're 1,800 months. That's even a number. But you see my point. Listen. Eunice and Lois is mentioned very little in Scripture. But the impact that they made on a young man's life cannot be argued with. Because they planted a seed and built a foundation that was built upon by God and his servant Paul for a young man who would transform the world. Listen. I'm not saying that your child will be the next Billy Graham. Listen, there's already one Billy Graham. They didn't need to be two. Don't be like somebody else. There again, tangent, rabbit, but I'm going to bring him back in. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. We must understand that we were created for a purpose by Almighty God. And God will use us how he wants us for his glory. We don't strive to be somebody else. We strive to be like Christ. And let God use you for his glory. And always remember that there's nowhere we can go on this earth to escape him. Brothers and sisters, whether you, your family, again, is in struggles, whether your family's close, or whether it isn't, you always have a great high priest that you can go to who can bring reconciliation, who can bring healing, who can transform lives. God just uses us as the instruments. But I praise God 
then he used Eunice and Lois as the instruments for Timothy. And brothers and sisters, you don't have to have a theology degree nor go to college for 17 years to share Jesus with somebody else. Do you hear me? Because I can promise you back then what they had was the Word of God. And listen to me as I say this loud. The Word of God is always enough. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. God, we thank You for the opportunity to come here today and bow down before You and seek Your face. Lord, I am a flawed man, but I serve an unflawed Christ. God, I'm encouraged that you know, I have a big gap between my children, 30, 29, 11, and 11. And Lord, I have not always done things right. My older boys are gone and have families of their own. My younger ones are there at home now, around me. Lord, I don't want them to see something contrary to your word. That as I say many times, I want my children my friends, my family. Not to say that Chad was a good man because I'm not. There's no good in me. The only good in me is Christ that lives in me. But what I want people to say when I leave this world and my children is that my dad was a cross-eyed rock and roll Christian. That his eyes was on the cross, his foot was on the rock, and praise God, His name's on the roll. Lord, may all who come behind us find us faithful. The Lord, we may never know as we passing through this earth who we're going to touch, who we're going to influence. But Lord, may I live my life that I would never bring shame to Your name. That God, I would never be a person that lives one way outside the home and lives some way in the home. Lord, we praise God for your church and we build on the foundation. That's what we do as a church, Lord. We build on that foundation. We share the gospel. But Lord, the foundation's got to start in the home. We need mom and dads that are desiring and willing to say, you know what? We're going to church to celebrate the Lord. And we want to see our family grow. And God, we have them here at the church for a couple hours a week. But families are there every single day. And your word should dwell within them. Lord, may we build upon the foundations that are built in home. And Lord, I pray for William Allen. And every other child, regardless of however old they are in this congregation, that, Lord, you would use them for your glory. And if there's not one that is, has a relationship with you, that, Lord, you would convict their heart. And we would trust in faith, by your grace and mercy, that they would be saved. Lord, if there's one here today, an adult, that does not have a relationship with you, Lord, convict their hearts. 
as we have learned, you're never too old or never too far that God can't grab that heart and bring you to Him. Lord, we pray that You convict hearts and lives. That Lord, that those that come to a saving relationship with You that we disciple, we don't put out in this world, but we prepare them just like Paul built upon the foundation and the preparation began at home. Paul began to put the bricks on the foundation and the mortar was filled that as Timothy grew, he grew prepared and grew to share the views of your son Jesus Christ in a hostile and bitter world that continuously looked to destroy him. But God, you have given us a foundation that the waters may come against and the winds may blow, but termites cannot destroy is a foundation built on the rock of Jesus. Lord, let us go boldly. Let us go loudly. And Lord, let us have the, have the mindset in our home that as we build the foundation, that they will not seek, they must be sought. They will not come, they must be brought. God, they do not know, they must be taught. And may it begin in our homes. We love you and praise your name. And all God's people said, Amen. stand and sing with us.